What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hey, turn me up some. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper I've been Chase the greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, we strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments, and sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No, Deanna speak. That shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. This episode is sponsored by Cousins Needers How to Become a Certified Home Inspector Workshop. The home inspection business is a multi million dollar industry and it's rapidly growing. Within this workshop, you will learn how to start your own home inspection company within the next six months, how you can make an extra $5,000 a month, and how to be your own boss. After you watch the home inspector workshop, you will know what education is required for your state, step-by-step guidance on the certification process, how to study for the national exam, how to market to your customers, and the 10 major home components to inspect. It also includes how to become a certified home inspector two-hour workshop, replay of the live Q&A session, and presentation notes from the Home Inspector Workshop. Now, the link will be in the description of this podcast episode if you want to get started today and purchase this workshop and be on your way to being a certified home inspector and making money. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Men and Mindsets Podcast. I'm your host, Xavier, sitting with my co-host, as usual, D. what's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, everybody. How you, how you doing, D? You good? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I just got a fresh cut. You know, I'm feeling good, man. I'm I'm about to be, I'm probably finna hit the streets. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, fresh cut is Friday. I know you about to be out here. Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. But let's, let's get right, let's, let's get right into the show. So today's episode, we got another special guest for all you who are not familiar. Y'all definitely need to tap in. She's going to bring a lot of value on this episode and her name is Adelisa. she's doing a lot of dope things we're super excited to have her so welcome to the show yay thank you, thank, <laughs> you, thank you and you know we can't forget to mention you know the ceo of elevated assist which we're gonna get into that we'll some more but yes. <laughs> and a host and a host of my financial flex mm-hmm. yes. you know, we got, yeah 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 we Look, gotta, i do a lot like i do a lot i stay busy okay yeah. <laughs> busy, is, busy is good busy booked is good. and busy yeah. yeah, busy busy is good. Busy is money for me, so it's good. Mm-hmm. Busy is money. That's what, I like that. So uh, just get right into it. So like for the people who are not familiar with you, this may be their first time hearing of you. So like just give it like a little background on yourself. 
For sure, for sure. So my name is Annalisa, also known as just Annalisa on Instagram and Twitter. And I do a number of things. So as mentioned, I am the owner of Elevated Assist, which is a virtual assistant and social media management agency. Um, I'm a landlord, so I invest in real estate in Cincinnati. Um, I'm also the host of Financial Flex, <coughs> which is, I like to call it a podcast. We still transitioning right now, but we're going to pray on that. But <laughs> Financial Flex is an opportunity for business owners, careerists, and entrepreneurs to sit down and have a conversation, conversation with me and talk about their financial success with hopes um, to inspire my audience to really be their own personal finance goals. Um, I have several digital products. I have a virtual assistant program. I've taught over 400 people how to start their virtual assistant business. I taught people how to start their social media management businesses as well. And then I also have a nine to five. We'll be on that talk about that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm also a, a healthcare administrator. So luckily I'm able to work from You home. do it all. Yeah. Girl, so. I'm like, what where do you find sleep? the time right now? <laughs> What is yes. sleep? You know, it's a temp- it's a temporary sacrifice. I keep telling people this time next year, y'all not even gonna like when y'all see me, I'm not gonna be working. I'm gonna be on the beach, like just <laughs> my phone and drinking. Like you know, yeah, I feel all, it. I feel all, it. All this hard work ain't for nothing. It's gonna pay off one day. Exactly. That's a fact. So, mm-hmm. so I wanna, I wanna, I wanna ask this. So, because I think this is our first time actually having this conversation on the podcast. Am I wrong, B, regarding virtual assistants? No, first time we've actually dived all the way into it. Right, right. So so um for the people that's listening to this and they might not know what a VA is, like what is a virtual assistant? Yes, that's an excellent question because I do get that a lot because people always ask, you know, what do they do? People say, well, Siri on your phone, isn't that a virtual assistant? But in the context that I speak about a virtual assistant, I talk about it as someone who provides admin work, secretarial tasks. Um, technical support in different aspects, maybe customer support from a virtual aspect, right? Somebody that that somebody that doesn't have to be in a physical location, right? There it's remote work. So it can the work for a virtual assistant can look like a number of different things. Just know you're working virtually. Mm-hmm. And I love that because especially given today's times where remote work is becoming extremely popular and everybody's looking for an opportunity to get into remote work. So VA is literally like the perfect position you could take on. In addition, you could do that um, in addition to your nine to five. It could be an easy side hustle for anybody. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I always tell people. And I think now more than ever, like after the pandemic, more and more people are being more accepting of people working from home and realizing that, you know, I don't got to be in the office to get the work done. I don't need a boss hovering over my shoulder to, to figure out if I'm completing the tasks that need to be completed. So more than anything, you'll see more businesses taking on uh, virtual teams and creating that space. So when you think about what thing, what businesses look like in the pandemic and how many businesses that actually transition to create a stronger online presence, those are the businesses that you would say would be a little bit more resilient and are probably stronger right now. So you'll see research that shows that more people are hiring virtual assistants now in 2021. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this, for like, um, for those who are looking to become VAs and, you know, work with a company, are VAs typically 1099 contractors or are they hired on as actual employees with benefits and all of that? Yeah, from um, so for a business owner's perspective, instead of hiring an employee, you may want to start out with a virtual assistant because they are an independent contractor. So it's usually a cheaper option um, for that business owner, meaning that you're not offering them benefits or insurance. 
So the conversation that I have a lot with some of my students that go through my virtual assistant program is that if you do want to replace your nine to five, be mindful of one taxes, but also being mindful of health insurance, because that is an expensive component that you don't consider when you transition away from your, your nine to five. Mm -hmm. that that's that's a very important topic that people don't talk about a lot because that is something that when people don't find that out until they leave their nine to five they're like damn i gotta pay health insurance now and health insurance yeah. ain't cheap you know what i'm saying exactly. it's not so like you know me, me and Deanna, our, we got a unique situation like we was able to get out and still keep our health insurance being like with the being part of the va being military and stuff like that but i know from firsthand other people that don't got those benefits that stuff, that stuff ain't cheap, man. So that's something you definitely got to think of before you leave your nine to five for sure. I guess definitely. I, yeah, definitely, definitely. Go ahead, dude. Mm -hmm. And I was also going to ask you, like, so when it comes to actually um, finding a VA for yourself in your company, what's the process look like for actually hiring a VA? So for me personally, I hire within. So it's no, it's no reason for me to go out and look for another virtual assistant to be a part of my team when I just train hundreds of people to go through the program and at least I don't like to waste time if you work with me, <laughs> I don't like to be redundant I don't like to repeat myself so I rather work with people who have already gone through the step-by-steps that I've provided to them through my program and just hire within so <clears throat> now I'm at the point where people reach out to me and, and ask say hey do you got a virtual assistant for me um, how can I add someone to my team like if elevated assist can't take on their their tasks because maybe our price packages don't match what their budget is, I offer them up to people within my program. So within my program, I post job opportunities every Tuesday, right? So not only do I give them an opportunity to teach them how to make money as a virtual assistant, I always, I also bring opportunities to them. Mm -hmm. you, know, you wanna go Xavier? Well, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say like, uh, let's just take it back a little because we jump into what is a VA, but from your perspective of having elevated sis, can you just explain what that business is and your business model? For sure, for sure. So as I mentioned, Annalisa does a lot. So I'm, I'm I don't really take on all the job assignments with my clients. I have a few clients that work with me because they specifically requested that they want to work with me. Oh, Jesus, I don't know why. <laughs> but um, I have a team. So I have people on my team that help manage a lot of the tasks. I'll pair them with one of my clients based on their capacity and also their skill set that will uh, meet the needs of the client. And then I'm always ex <clears throat> I'm always expanding my team because I mean the clientele keeps increasing. Like I don't know where these people come from. Like I don't even I don't do any paid promotion for Elevated Assist specifically because it's all word of mouth. So I got all these social media friends I never met before that always send people to me, which is great. Mm -hmm. And then. Um, I just wanted to mention though, and then the way that I have it set up is within my pricing packages, the way that I pay my team is um, they get a percentage of whatever the package is and the work that they do. That's that's hard. That's dope. I like I like that's I like that. So like um like what even what was that first step to you even becoming like a VA? Like what made you want to say like this is something I want to do? Like I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go this route. Well, it really just it just really just fell in my lap, honestly. Uh, so my first client was Andre Hatchett, and I know you all have worked with him before. Shout and, out to his bro. That's my uh, yeah. that's my guy, man. That's my guy. <laughs> Andre is a great person to know. definitely give that man his flowers. But um, he was actually my first client, and then after working with him, I was like, this is a little too easy. I need to I need to get some more clients and expand this thing. 
And then I knew at that point, like, especially due the, uh, through the pandemic, I was just really thinking, like, I can't rely on my, I just can't rely on my nine to five. I don't want to be in that position. Luckily, I wasn't laid off, but I knew a lot of people that were laid off during that time. But it was, I did a lot of reflecting. I was like, I don't even like my job like that. Like, I truly like, like them as a whole. I don't even like y'all like that. So I was just thinking, like, I need to have this, this successful, profitable business plan that's going to really be my exit strategy from my nine to five. So really becoming a virtual assistant kind of just fell into my lap. I always tell people, you have to position yourself correctly so opportunities can come to you. So uh, Andre actually reached out to me about um, (laughs) doing some admin work online. And I was just like, okay, that's like another stream of income for me. Anybody knows me, I'm going to hop on that. So, and then the work ended up being very, very easy. So, you know, I started to do research about actually building an agency and like what the future of being a virtual assistant would look like from a business point um, in a job job landscape. And it actually made sense. So like I made a lot of money in the, uh, in the pandemic. So it, it, made very, it made sense for me to really expand um, my agency and just really put myself out there. So it really just started with one idea, doing some research and just executing. And it's been... It's been great since then. And then um, I had clients that were like, you know, I love working for Elevated Assist. Like they, um, a lot of people will go with a cheaper option because I always tell people Elevated Assist is not going to be your cheaper option. But if you want solutions, if you want value, if you want work to be done, then we're the option for you. But most people will get a virtual assistant that may be in um, the Philippines or India because it's like cheaper, like $10 an hour. That ain't Elevated Assist. So people will tell me that, you know, I wanted to go with a cheaper option and I wanted to, went with the cheaper option in the past, but I ended up shooting myself in the foot because the work just wasn't good. They didn't complete the assignments the way I needed them to be done. So after I got a lot of feedback from that, someone was like, um, or two of my clients told me that I need to create a digital product to teach other people how to um, become virtual assistants. So after I created my product and did the pre-sale, People was jumping on that thing like hotcakes. And I was just like, okay. So this was like working out for me very, very well. So it really just fell in my lap. I researched, executed, and then the rest is history. That's dope. That's extremely dope. And so like when it comes to like VAs, like what's the, how do you know it's the right person for you? How do you hire that right VA for you? Well, (laughs) for me right now, like most of the, the, one of the most common um task that is being asked for me is like social media management and and like most most people in businesses they really need to hire a social media manager not necessarily a virtual assistant that can help with social media because there's so many different things with social media just thinking about creating content can it can be an all-day experience when you're thinking about engaging with your following and creating content (laughs) but I, i everybody that works on my team they have to be able to create some sort of content they need to be able to navigate um, Canva. And I want them to come with creative ideas. I want to be able to learn from people on my team. So what can you bring to the table? What can you bring to Elevated Assist that's going to make us stand out with other clients? So I'm looking for very, very special skill sets, but also people that are teachable, right? Um, you'll meet a lot of people. So there's two types of people that I believe go through my program. One, somebody who's, who's looking for a side hustle that just really, really want to make a lot of money, want to make some money. Um, The other person is someone that's serious (laughs) about being a virtual assistant and they really want to replace their nine to five. 
usually the person that wants to re replace their nine to five, they're going to hustle a little bit more than someone that's just looking at this as a side hustle. So I'm always kind of navigating those conversations and figuring out, you know, what do you want to get out of this experience with Elevated Sis? And then I'll, always being mindful of developing people on my team because I don't want them working for me forever, right? I want them to create their own agencies. I want them to create their own thing and then take what I give in them to teach somebody else. So it's all about developing and coaching the right people to figure out if they're the right fit for elevated assist. I, I like that a lot. And what I really love about this is like how you say when you started, you was still had your nine to five. So it was like anybody can pretty much uh, start this if it's something they want to do to earn extra income, especially if they're seriously going to take it serious and not just look at it as just a stream of income and not focus on, you know what I'm saying, getting an actual quality job done. But I think I think this is a um, great option for a lot of people because you most people have like administrative skills, you know what I'm saying? And those are skills that simply, that's very easy to learn, especially if you're committed to learning it. So that's- I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, people always ask me, like, what type of experience do you need as a virtual assistant? And I was like, you already have it. Like, if you've ever had any customer service related job, any admin related work, if you've been in school, you work on a team, you know how to navigate those conversations, you already have the experience. So now I'm telling you to monetize your experience by putting it in a package and offering it as a service to somebody else. Um, I always say stay at home moms. It'll be stay at home moms that'll say, I've never had a job before. But you know how to balance multiple things. You know how to get things done. So figure out what that looks like. Um, document that and package that up into your own business. As far as, far as like marketing though, like how does, how does that go? And so let's say if you were a stay-at-home mom or something like that, like how would you like market yourself to find clients to be their BA? Yeah, so it, will, it would honestly be the same with anybody else. I always tell people, so you want to be a virtual assistant. You now have an online business. What do you look like online? So when you look at your social media platforms, um, I'm not even talking about a website yet, right? Elevated Assist is still transitioning to create their website. And one thing we don't have an issue with is getting clients and getting people booked on our calendar. So what I'm saying is that if people research and look at your name, do you look like a business, right? People will DM me that haven't taken my program and say, I've been a virtual assistant before. Um, I'm not getting clients. So the first thing I ask them is send me your social media profile. And I'll, I'll flat out tell them, I don't know what you do based on what I see on, online. It doesn't say anything about being a virtual assistant. Your images don't make sense and reflect the offerings that you have for your business. So you have to ask yourself, would I hire me based on what is currently being displayed? And if the answer is no, then you have some work to do. So it's all about positioning yourself correctly in the virtual space online, because you do have access to people from everywhere, right? You don't just have access to people in Dallas if you live in Dallas. You don't just have access to people in Cincinnati if you live in Cincinnati, right? I had a, a client in Germany that I never met before that was referred to me. So you are now in, your, like your social media pages are basically your resume. So what, what does that look like for you? Because you have an online business. So whether you're a mom or a student, you need to be mindful of the things that you're putting online when people want to come to you from a branding perspective, right? So people always people in my program will say, well, well can I just create a business profile and not, um, not accept their friend requests um, on my personal profile? I said, you can, but you need to be mindful if they, if they want to be your friend on there. Like people want to know who you are as a person, especially if you're, if you're going to be working a part of their team because you're, they're trusting you with their baby, with their business. A lot of the clients that I work with, they don't have anybody else. So 
it'll be the business owner and then it'll be the virtual assistant and maybe one other virtual assistant. So they need to be able to trust you. So they can't trust you if you're going to block them or have a private account that they can't have access to you. So you need to figure out what that looks like. Yeah, man, you just you just said a lot of facts right there. I think people got to understand we're in a different time period. Like these days, people just don't care to know you professionally. They want to know you personally. Like you said, they want to see like what kind of person you is. Like, what do you do in your off time? Because that's going to give me an indicator like on who you truly are. So that's something. And me and Deanna, we made a video yesterday for our real estate uh, guy we doing talking about how people need to treat their social media pages more serious. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not a professional, you're not an entrepreneur yet, you still need to you know what I'm saying? Carry yourself a certain way so you can attract that might be clients that you might do business with or who knows anything could happen, man. Especially these days, it's it's so much opportunity out here. You never know where, where it will come from and you, but you won't get it. If your page, you wilding out on your page all the damn time. Like I, I always, go ahead. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say, I always tell people like, whether you're a business owner or not, you are, you have a brand, you have a personal brand. I don't care if you have a nine to five, people are going to, People are going to Google you, whether you think they are or not. They're going to do it. Whether it's they're going to look on your LinkedIn page, they're going to look on your Facebook, they're going to look on your Instagram. Like, type your name in online and see what comes up, because that's what somebody else is going to see. So people need to understand that they are a brand. So before you walk in the room, some people already have an idea of who you are, and that's going to determine if they want to work with you or create some type of partnership with you. So when you think about social media and what that looks like, you have to be mindful of what you put on there. And I mean, I don't accept every client, right? You know, I'm going to put rap music on there. You might like, that's just me. I'm going to give you me, but I'm also going to get the work done. So you have to figure out, you know, what your brand is, who you're going to be working with, who's your target audience, your, is your target audience or your, your ideal clientele, do they match who you are, right? I don't force, I do not force partnerships just to get your money. It has to make sense for my brand. And, and work well for my team. I love it. I love, go ahead, Dee. No, I was gonna say like, I love like this entire conversation because presentation is everything. And whether enough. whether you realize or not, people are always watching, just like you said. And but, like, mm -hmm. I was just gonna say my best to cut you off. I was just gonna give a prime example, right? So Annalise, like this is, our, this is our first time. Well, this is my first time conversating with you, but I've seen you on Instagram lives i tuned in a couple of times with my guy i seen you doing a lot with my guy alex from money uh, monopolizers yeah that's my buddy <laughs> deanna know when i when i uh it's funny because deanna told me she was like yeah we're gonna bring uh annalisa i was like really i was like i've been i've been watching her stuff i've been thinking about breaking on the pod because before i bring somebody on a podcast like what people don't know they gonna know now because it's my first time speaking on it i watch <laughs> you for like weeks like i just don't bring anybody on if i see you i watch you see your kind of see what kind of content you push out see your like personality like just see like how you bring yourself i'm like dang, they got a dope brand that's solid so i've been watching you from a distance for a minute like dang so when deanna told me i'm like see but that goes to show like you was you the way you was branding yourself and stuff like that it, it's gonna bring a certain opportunities and shit like that to you so that's mm -hmm. just like a prime example right there yeah because i didn't i didn't know who you was on social media until i needed someone to help out with that last minute training and then i really liked how even though I really didn't know what to expect, once you right. got on there, like the professionalism was just like out of this world. It was like, everything was on point. All the answers was great. Like it was something where I was like, you know what, this person is definitely like, you know, on their A the game and this is someone I could see on our show. So just, you know, it's like whenever that opportunity comes, like when it comes, you got to show up and show out. Yeah. yeah, stay ready. You never got to Stay ready. ready. You never yeah. got to <laughs>
So going into our next sponsor, this episode is also sponsored by my official cryptocurrency guide. That's right, guys. On May 24th, I'm officially releasing my cryptocurrency guide. This is for beginners, for everybody that's been DMing me about how to get into crypto, where can they start. I'm officially releasing my crypto guide on May 24th. I'm going over all things on how to buy, which platforms to use, how to protect your crypto or ledgers and stuff like that, how to pay taxes, good coins I think you should invest in long term. I'm going over everything you need to get started with crypto. It's packed, jam-packed with info. And the link will be in the description of the podcast. So if you're interested in getting the guide and pre-ordering it today, you can go to the link in the podcast description and you can get started with making money in crypto today. Well, I think that that leads right into like uh, another segment. Speaking of like social media management, like, um, so I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to ask this question. Like just speaking on like the importance of that. Yes. <laughs> so Probably one of our most popular, yes, we're a virtual assistant and social media management agency, right? But with our clients, it always transitions to a large part of us helping manage their social media because, quite frankly, a lot of people don't want to be on social media. I'm one person that does not care to be on social media because it's, it's fun. But at some point in my life, I had no social media. And like my friend would created a page for me in college on Instagram. It's like, you, just, you, you in a sorority, you need to you need to be on social media. And I was like, okay, social media does well for business, right? We have over a billion, there's like over 1.5 billion users on Instagram in itself. So if you're a business and you're not on social media, that's an issue. You are missing out on money 100%. A lot of my clients, a lot of their money in sales come from Instagram, come from social media. So you have to be present. And when I say you have to be present, you have to be consistent with the content that you're posting so that your followers can build that relationship with you. They want to have that experience with you. So I have clients who have less than a thousand followers and I have clients with up to 400,000 followers. So it's really important to be consistent online, especially if you're selling a product and service, right? You want to nurture your current followers that have been following you for a while, but then you get new followers every day who don't know who you are. So you're constantly having to reintroduce yourself and tell people who you are, what products you serve, uh, what products you provide for them, right? The ultimate goal for my client, for my clients is to put more money in their pocket, right? So from a content creation standpoint, how can we convert dollars for them? I have clients that I text on a regular basis and I know a lot of people um, social, within the social media space will create like a 30 day calendar for their clients. We don't necessarily do that <laughs> just because there will be things that go on viral on Twitter that can go viral on Instagram next. So I will send ideas to my clients throughout the week, say, hey, we need to make this a meme so it can go viral on your social media page because it just went viral on Twitter. So it's all about catching things, but social media moves so quickly, right? You know, you have reels, you have real remixes, and you never, you never know what's going to beat the algorithm. So for us, we know the importance of social media and then we work with so many clients and we, we really figured out like what's going to work for them, right? How do we engage with them? Um, DM management is a whole nother story. I have clients that get over a hundred DMs a day and it's so important to be able to respond to people because um, people, a lot of people don't send emails anymore. So, sometimes people try to call you on Instagram. Like it gets really, really crazy, but I also don't want to leave money on the table for my clients. So it's, it's important to be responsive so you can hire a social media manager to help 
manage that as a business owner or a virtual assistant to kind of help manage that. But social media in this in this day and age is very, very important, especially for a business owner. Xavier, yeah. it sounds like you need a VA for those DMs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they don't need to be, <laughs> I don't really be checking mine no more like that. It just it got too crazy. But but like you said, in these days, in my opinion, I feel like unless you're already super rich, but if you're not rich and you're on social media and you're not like promoting your business or branding yourself, I feel like you I feel like it's a waste of time. Cause it's so much, it's, it's, it's too much opportunity. It's way too much opportunity, too much money being made. Like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people, well, years ago, they used to laugh about like, man, you're on social media all the time. Like what you doing is different now. Like social media brings in a whole bunch of money. So it's, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of dollars in it, but so people got to take it um, more seriously. Yeah I, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I feel like people always asking you why you're on your phone all the time, but they never ask you how much did you make from your phone today? Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. They never because ask that have, question. They never ask that question because I have clients that will post on there and make five thousand dollars by one post, right? You That's know, a fact. We we understand how to navigate social media. So I would say if you're on social media and you're not making money, that's your issue. Mm. You have an issue with people who are on social media and actually making money. So I think social media is a huge component, but also um, as a business owner, yes, you want to be able to nurture your audience online, but also create an audience offline because we don't want to rely on social media just in case Instagram goes down because it does. Facebook goes down. It does. Or rely on Twitter and things like that. So I always tell people, what do your, what does your email list look like? Um, how do you, how are you nurturing your audience with your followers who want to get to know you more, but they don't want to be on social media either. And I've been there before. Like I used to hate when businesses only offer stuff on Facebook and I didn't have Facebook. Like you, you basically canceling out a whole group of people who don't have Facebook. So as a business owner, I think it's important to have a little bit of everything, have social media, but also have a presence offline as well. Mm, I love love it. You definitely need that balance. And I wanted to go back a little because something you said as far as social media, things pop off on Twitter typically before they pop off on Instagram. And I think that's a gem in itself because a lot of people are on Twitter or they're not paying attention, but Twitter is pretty much where everything kind of stems from. And I've seen it happen firsthand. Like a lot of stuff that's already trending on Twitter was been like a week or two prior to actually making it to Instagram. So if you're a content creator, you need to take that into consideration as well. That's what I always have to tell my clients because I have an Instagram and I was like, tweet threads do wonderful for a lot of my clients. <laughs> like I have a lot of clients, all you'll see on their page is tweet threads, but those tweet threads can be worth $2,000 for them that day. So, because mm-hmm. when you think about content, right, it needs to be shareable content. So are you teaching people something? Are you bringing them, are you making them aware of something they were not aware of before? Like pictures are great, right? We like to put hearts on pretty girls. It's great. But what's that doing from a money perspective? So how are you going to put money into your client's pockets is what I'm always thinking about. Um, having a funny meme is nice too with engagement, but you know, Instagram is constantly changing. People People are almost looking at Instagram as Google, right? I know personally for me, I hate restaurants that don't have pictures on their menus. Like, I don't get it. Like, I think I want to order your food if I don't know what it looks like. So yes, I can go to Yelp, but usually I just go on Instagram and see what their page looks like to see what food I'm going to get. So a lot of people almost use Instagram like Google. So when you put the content out there and it's teachable, people share that information most on my personal page, most of the things with the most likes and most engagement are all tweet threads. 
because I'm teaching people how to do something. Yeah. And that's a that's a game when it comes to building an audience. Like I, my thing, I always say, you either gotta be you either gotta be inspirational, informational, or entertaining. So you gotta be you either gotta be a funny ass person. If you're not going if you're not funny, you need to be teaching people something. If you can't teach, you ain't got no information. You need to inspire some people, whichever way you can. And those, if you could do all three, you amazing. You are gonna blow up. Exactly. I promise you. But you need to do exactly. at least you need to do at least one of those things. And if you do it consistently. You gonna start seeing you will start seeing results, especially if it's good, man. Like people can't deny good content. Like it's too it's too many people in the world. Somebody's gonna relate to that, and they gonna share it with their friends, their family members, all that stuff. Like you like like exactly. you say, yeah, it's it's real, it's real. I uh, I'm not yeah, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna switch to something. <laughs> I was gonna say something else, but I I'll switch to something else. So go ahead, D. I see you gonna say something. No, I was gonna have one last question on go social ahead. media. Um, do you feel like as a business owner who has like to be on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok now, like all these different platforms, do you feel like it gets overwhelming and difficult to make content for each single one? For me, so I don't, I don't use words like overwhelming because it's just like, I'm so comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like I'm always like, what do I got to do to make this pop off? But for some people, it can be overwhelming. I will say for some of my clients, it can be overwhelming for them to create different content. So the first thing I do when we think about content strategy is how can we repurpose content, right? Um, especially video content and then being able to repurpose it into quotes. Are there tweets out there that we can use? Um, so it can be a tweet and then we can talk about it in a video. So it's different ways to repurpose content. People don't have to, to get super, super creative, but hire a social media management manager to kind of help with some of that headache so you won't be completely overwhelmed so as social media managers we can send you content ideas um we can send you tweet ideas different things and inspiration like that so you won't be completely overwhelmed but when people when people say they're overwhelmed or they complain i'm just like how bad do you want it like you gonna you do you do you want to be at the top or you want to be at the bottom because I, I don't care about the in between yeah i feel the same way i ain't gonna lie to you because i'm like it ain't like you showing up somewhere doing some kind of physical work. You sitting down somewhere, twiddling your thumbs, posting stuff, creating stuff. I'm like, how how is it that stressful? Like, if it is, just log off for a day or something, a day or two. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? But it's, I feel that I feel that same way when people are like, man, it's too. I'm like, yeah, like you just said, I don't think you really want it bad enough. If you complaining about like, what the hell? You sitting at the crib, yeah. just make some posts or something. I don't want. I don't want any, I don't want to hear someone tell me that they're overwhelmed, especially with some of the entrepreneurs um, that I work with, because they're in very, very successful positions. And whether they think they are or not, they're in very privileged positions where they don't have to clock in to a nine to five. So when they tell me they're overwhelmed, I'm just like, okay, what's next? We're going to have to make this happen. If you was at your job, you're going to be overwhelmed too if they're working exactly. your stuff. Like you got to be part of it. You know, I think, but people want stuff like these days. People want everything to be so easy, like low stress. And that's that's great. But like, come on now, like everything not going to be that way, especially when you're trying to get to successful levels. There's going to be some kind of stress that you're going to have to deal with that. And if it's the stress is from social media, that's nothing to me. I that's that's nothing. That's ridiculous. Honestly, <laughs> it is. It's ridiculous. It, it I mean, is. look at me. I Like any of my clients, because I will talk. I'll go ahead and talk about it on podcast because I it's not for me. I'm, a, I'm trying my best with the reels, guys. I'm trying my best because what you're not about to see me do is do a full-on eight-count choreography and point this out. <laughs> it ain't for me, right? 
it's not for me. It's for some people. <laughs> I just say that. I just say that to say that find out, find out what works for you on social media. Yeah. If you're putting on an act, people will be able to see through that, see that you're just trying to sell something. So figure out what your comfort level is on social media and, and what you're going to end. Because for me, the whole, it ain't me. Okay. It's not me. Like I legit had a whole, like I try to record content on the weekends. I had a phone in some friends and I was like, y'all, I spent all day and I ain't got no content. <laughs> I feel stupid. It's like not working for me. But again, it, you have to be uncomfortable if you want to do what needs to be done and just, just find your lane. My only ask for you is to find your lane. So you have to recognize that there are different social media platforms that are going to continue to come up, different ideas that they want you to do on social media to really increase your engagement. But again, you have to ask yourself, how bad do you want it? I realized that I have to start doing reels. Like that's the new thing. Um, but I realized that certain aspects of a reel and what everybody else was doing wasn't for me. So find out what is for you and do what needs to be done. That's a bar too. Cause you can like, I hate to say it, but you can see when somebody's not being authentic, when it's not original, when it's not genuine, you can just mm-hmm. see it. Like, nah, that ain't true, bro. Like, even if- <laughs> like chill out. <laughs> I don't know you like that. I could see like, you trying to get you trying to bite somebody else style like that ain't true so you gotta like you said you gotta on social media because you can see through all that shit man people might not say nothing in the comments like they, they might give you a fire emoji but they might be thinking like nah bro that wasn't it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so you gotta like i know me personally when i first started like branding myself i was like out of character too because i didn't really know like you know what i'm saying it was too much i didn't know what the fuck like I, excuse my language i didn't know what i was doing i was just like let me try stuff and it wasn't really working like that but it wasn't working because i wasn't being me like as soon as i started like being, not caring about like what other people thought like, cause I used to have like Deanna, no, I used to have real bad anxiety. Like when I first started branding myself, like two, three years ago, I used to get anxiety, and it was really because I was being somebody else and worried about like people being able to see through that. But it's, and when I started, just like I said, being like, "F it, I'm just gonna be me, share my stories, my personality. I ain't gonna act like nobody." That's when my shit started taking off, and I ain't had no anxiety with social media since. So the, yeah, find true. your lane. That's what I tell people. You don't got to do what everybody else is doing. You can do a variation of that that makes sense with who you are. Mm-hmm. And like, um, even I had something with that recently before I started my YouTube channel because my what I'm pretty much is doing is different from what's like the norm these days as far as what everybody's doing all this entertaining stuff and all that but I'm like I want to start this channel that just focuses on life lessons and my lessons in luxury and someone said to me like well aren't you worried about that being born or like you know people don't want to see stuff like that like they want to yeah, see yeah and I was just like you know what like for a minute it took me back from like you know what I'm gonna just go ahead and do it and I'm like you know it's my content is for who wants to see it. Like it's going to connect with the people who really want to connect with me and my audience. Like they're going to gravitate towards it and showing up like that's exactly what's been happening. Like more and more people are like, this is what I want to see. This is the type of content I like. This is so refreshing. This is so different. So it's like, even though I had that person trying to plant that seed in my head, like you said, you got to find your own lane and just go for it. Like regardless of what other people say, just do what works for you. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. I agree. I love the channel, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, D. You, you, no, you can go ahead. I was gonna say I was gonna switch into um I was gonna go back to VA. I was gonna ask. So um when you get in the VA, like should you get like um NDAs and stuff like that for your VA? Yeah, I mean, 
<clears throat> I have um, some clients that have asked us to sign NDAs, which is perfectly fine. I mean, there's always some form of contract that I recommend people have with some type of agreement, just so our business can be protected and also their business can be protected as well. Um, but, you know, just be just be mindful, like you don't necessarily have to have one, but just think about your business and the value that you feel like your business is at. I mean, you have some people, you have some people who, whose business is just starting and they want you to sign all this documentation, which is cool, but just like be mindful of like what the value of your business currently is and what you're asking people to do. Um, but yeah, some people, some people will ask us to sign an NDA. Okay. What do you recommend for a VA to do if they find themselves in a situation with a new business owner who may not know exactly what they are doing or exactly what they need from their VA and they're asking their VA to do taskers that are pretty much out of the scope of their actual official duties? Look, I always tell people within my program, like, what, what's the numbers looking like? Like what, how are, cause we've already made, like at this point, if you're working for them, you all have already signed the contract. So that's why it's important to have a contract so you can reference, you know, what you all agreed upon. And if it's something without the, with, um, outside the scope, then they have, need to have another conversation about reviewing the contract and figuring out if the numbers make sense, right? Are they paying you to do the work that they said that they were going to pay you to do? And you will get people like that. I also tell my students like, um, people are people that want to be virtual assistants or really any service-based business. Don't take people who want a discount. Those are the people that are going to want to give you more work and pay you less. Do not, it's, it's happened to me before and it just never works out. I do not do discounts, family, friends, cousins, baby daddies, none of, none of that. Like I'm not doing none of that for nobody. I'm just saying like, because those people are going to be a more of a headache in the end. So that's why even before you sign the contract, I always tell people like, get a good feel of people. I feel like I'm able to read people's energy very, very well. So like, I don't accept every client. I don't accept everybody that wants to work with Elevated Assist. Like it has to, it has to make sense and it needs to be a partnership, right? I'm helping you and you're going to help me whether you know it or not. I always tell people being a virtual assistant, you have the opportunity to make money too, but you get an opportunity to learn from different business owners. And that's a very valuable experience, especially if they may already have a mentorship program. You essentially have your own mentor um, that can help you navigate through different conversations. I'll say all of my current clients, they will call me about personal stuff just to talk and stuff like that. It's like they're, we're almost friends, which I do appreciate having that. But like, if you have someone <clears throat> that's requiring you to constantly evaluate the contract, I'm, I would say go ahead and end that because the headache is just not worth it. I agree. And that's a big thing too, like how you just said, like take advantage of this opportunity to work with these different business owners. Because it's like in any other space, you may not be given this opportunity, but because you're being of value and offering them a service and you're building a relationship with them, talk, like get to know them, get to understand mm -hmm. the business. And you may be able to use that to advantage, like your own personal advantage to do some type of investing, whether it's like a real estate business or something of that nature. Mm. And so, like, so, so if somebody, somebody that's listening to this and they might be like, okay, I need to get me a VA. So where are the, those, like, price ranges for somebody that may be interested in getting one? So, yeah, they can, they can vary. And you could probably Google, um, again, assuming that they want someone within the United States, because you can easily Google and research and say, hey, so it's like promoting $5 an hour virtual assistance. Again, that's not elevated assist. Please don't come at me expecting those kind of prices because you will be surprised. 
So if you're looking for someone that wants to work in the United States, essentially, like if we look at it from an hourly perspective, it'll be like 20 to $25 an hour. Um, our, our most basic package is $1,000 a month um, in 40 hour in 40 hours a month. So we look at it from a time perspective. So essentially just think about it from a, a business owner's perspective. What time are you giving us um, a month? Like are you, what time are you reducing from your workload and you're giving to your virtual assistant? And, and just think of how, how much easier your life will be, right? I have my own personal assistant because one, I like to Google, Google and research everything. I'm just like, can you Google this? Put five points down for me because I just don't have the time to do it. Or can you schedule a hair appointment with me? Like just, they make your, your life easier. But when you think of yourself as a business owner, you're making five figure, six figure months. It, it's a lot of stuff that don't make sense for you to do. So that's why it's important to hire a virtual assistant. So if you're paying a virtual assistant $25 or maybe even $30 an hour, you're already making more than that an hour. So there's certain tasks as a successful business owner that you really shouldn't be doing. I like that. And this is a this is another um, very important conversation because when, especially when you get to a point where you're making good money and you get tasks that's coming on heavily, you can't be doing every single thing because it's going to take up too much time. You got to learn how to delegate. Exactly. I feel like if you think about scaling, you cannot scale your business without expanding and creating a team outsourcing <laughs> outsourcing would be your best friend you need to figure out are you a business owner or are you a business operator where you're operating in the business from a day-to-day so if you calling yourself a true boss and a business owner and you operating and doing these small redundant tasks such as sending emails these responding to redundant questions and you know it's some it's some dumb questions out there like that you've already you've already answered right you it's already on a million your times but you've answered it a million times, but people are going to keep asking you again. So you have to ask yourself as a business owner, how valuable is my time worth, right? I know me personally, there's certain things I won't do because it's not worth, it's truly not worth my time. So can I have a virtual assistant fill in for me to be able to take care of those matters for me, right? Mm. So I think people have to have an honest conversation about, you know, you're growing as a business owner. What things am I currently doing that don't make sense for me to be doing? Like, is, is, is it a lot of redundancy? Like, you should be focused on building the brand, the actual strategy, expanding the logistics of your business, but operating it in a day-to-day, is, is, are you a boss? I just, you just got to ask yourself. I agree 100%. And like, I really just like listening to you talk because you can definitely see the experience and the expertise, like as you describe these different things. And for you personally, like, because I know you say you had a nine to five and then you ventured out into this. Where did this like CEO or boss mentality like really come from? Like, how did you start to get yourself into this state of mind? Well, for me, I would say, well, one, <laughs> my master's degree is in administration. So I basically went to school for healthcare administration. So the, the idea uh, was to be a CEO of a, a hospital. Um, so I'm working at healthcare administrator administration right now but even if we back up before education before we get to that point I feel like within my group of people I was always seen as someone that was leading um from from any aspect whether you know it's a group of friends in a professional setting it was I was always seen as a person that's able to lead people Um, I do enjoy operations I do enjoy providing solutions for people so it just made sense for my skill set but the goal was to always be a CEO of something, whether it was my own company or somebody else's company. Girl, you want to say something? 
No, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say I, I love it. I mean, I, I love to hear um stuff like that. I was just gonna go back to like what you were saying. Just going back to like delegating. And sometimes I think a part of that. I think what makes it. I was thinking about this recently. I think sometimes what makes it hard for people to delegate is they think like it might be a small thing that pop up where you get a little bit of money from. Or oh, but on a big scale, think on a macro level. It's like if you focus on the huge things, it will be more beneficial in the end. So sometimes, like in a way, you gotta like. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a way to, to say this. But sometimes you got to turn down pennies, you know what I'm saying? Just look forward to the dollars that's going on. But it's, it's so hard, especially for new entrepreneurs to to get that bigger picture. To think like, man, you're wasting your time like an hour right now for a couple hundred dollars where you could be focusing on the micro, the macro whole thing that's going to make you more if you just make this efficient right here. So I, I think a lot of people struggle with that though. But it, it makes sense though when you knew you probably you don't have any guidance, you young. It's like sometimes you just gotta go through it, right? Right? What, what you think? Yeah, and I think it's a I think it's a it's obviously a mindset thing too, right? Yeah. A lot yeah. of intelligent people that you know fear is really keeping them from a lot of money where they could probably take what they're doing at their current business or the current nine to five create their own thing and create their own business. So it's a lot of people that, you know, are stuck with making 65, you know, $75,000 a year where they could be making hundred K a month based on their skill set and their talent, but that fear and that mindset is keeping them in that box. So, I mean, I feel like people always have a conversation about mindset, but that's truly, that's truly where it starts. I always knew I was going to make a lot of money. You could ask me when, if I was 20, 10 years old, five years old, I knew I wasn't about to live no basic life and I knew I needed money to get there. So you you have to you have to be intentional about the things that you speak upon your life and figure out, you know, where you want to see yourself. That's what I always tell my students. Like, I, and I tell people all the time, do not, don't buy my course if you're not going to execute. You're going to buy the course, not go through it. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. The money's cool, right? But like, if you're not going to do anything with it, then don't because I... What's more rewarding for me is to hear those success stories about people who went through the step-by-step, apply the information, and they they continue to make money with their nine-to-five. They're in positions where they can now replace their nine-to-five. Those stories are more rewarding to me than you paying for my course. That's that's, that's funny. We was just saying the same thing yesterday regarding some stuff we was doing. So that's, I definitely, I definitely feel that. So like, um, like long-term, is the goal to just uh, like eventually leave the nine to five, do that and, and have this full time? Sure. I mean, whatever makes sense from a money perspective <laughs> is, um, you know, I'm going to hold on to whatever I have as long as I can. I mean, I'm definitely in the position, thankfully, that I could leave a nine to five today and I would definitely be solid. I would definitely be OK, but um, I'm able to manage all of it right now. So you know, we will see, we will see, but obviously it, the goal is to expand elevated assists um, to very, very large figures and figuring out what that looks like. Um, I definitely want to do some more partnerships in the future with schools and things like that. So elevated assists has a lot of different ideas in in the plans um, for the future. So we'll see. I love it. And I was also going to say, like, I like that you're a prime example that it doesn't have to be one or the other. It doesn't have to be just a business or just a nine to five like you are really showing people that mm-hmm. you can do, do both and be extremely successful and be content with that so thank you for like being a prime example for that for no people. facts facts i love that because sure. right now everybody think either either i'm a business owner i gotta be my own business for a time or i'm a nobody not no or i can't be a wealth without 
working a job, and that's completely false. Like, we've been talking about this a lot lately. Like, you can you can build wealth working a job, especially if you got a good job, man. If you got like other businesses outside of that, and you investing, it can definitely happen. Like you, you, you buy real estate while you have your own business while you still in a nine to five. Like that's the way to do it. That's literally the blueprint. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've been trying to tell people like I'm now in the position now with um, even in my virtual assistant program because we have a Slack group and now they're asking about real estate, right? Again, those are the the real success stories. Now we're talking about making different streams of income. So like when I teach people, in my, even in my webinar, like I, how many streams of income do you all have? If, if you just got the nine to five, then that's not enough, right? If you if you leave my webinar and you still don't want to be a virtual assistant, that's fine. But you did take some gems from the webinar that you need more than one stream of income. And that's the ultimate goal. Like that's the, that's the overall goal with financial flex with everything that I'm doing is to tell people that you can do multiple things, right? It's weird that when we grew up in the education and everything, they just told us that, okay, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it always had to be one thing. It, it was never multiple things. And it was always, people always looked at the kid weird when he was like, I want to be a basketball player. I want to be a business owner. I want to do all that. But in reality, you know, we realized as adults that we can do more than one thing, right? We were, I don't want to say we were brainwashed. I don't know what a better word for that would be. But when you think about- You could say programmed, I guess. <laughs> programmed, there we go. Mm-hmm. Programmed to really think a certain way and not really be independent thinkers, right? If you would have told me when I was younger, I was going to be an entrepreneur or have a business. I would have been like, why? Like, and I don't, and at that time, I didn't really see strong images of business owners. And I didn't assume that they made a lot of money. I just thought it was people who, it didn't work out for them to get a nine to five. Like it was, it was not a lot of examples of that. Growing up. So I'm constantly telling people like, you can, you can be whatever you want to be. What, what do you want to do? It's, it's truly up to you. You got to figure out what you can control in your life and what you can't control. So control what you can, and if you can't control it, adapt because you can't do nothing about it. Mm, that's a bar. Control the control the controllables. That's what I, that's what I like saying. You got to control what you control, and that's the, that's the best way to live, right there, man. Like that's the that's the best way. And, but like you said, examples. Sometimes when you come up, like I know a lot of us grew up in urban environments, whatever. You ain't got the best examples, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship and investing. There's not like I know growing up in my household, it wasn't something that was talked about, like, you know what I'm saying? You ain't talking about buying real estate, invest, like investing in general or, or building wealth. It was, that wasn't really talked, it, it was, that wasn't really talked about at all until like I started meeting different kind of people, like outside of my household that had business. It was like, oh, so even though I always felt like I would have money, I always felt like I would be rich. I just didn't know how I would get there. I always knew like, Me either. yeah, I always knew it would happen. Like, I just know I'm going to be like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be good. But I didn't know like, and then when I figured out like investing in real estate and business, that's why I was like, that's it right there. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. Cause I know I ain't trying to be working for nobody for my whole life. Not saying there's something wrong with that, but just understanding me and my personality is not something that I, that I care for. So that's 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 important to for people to figure out though, like um figuring out who you are is just to see what exactly what you want to do. Cause like I, I tweeted yes. I tweeted that's yesterday. Yeah, that's the key. Like I tweeted yesterday how. Knowing what you want to exactly what you do, what you want to do already separates you from most people because most people don't have a clue on what the hell they want to do in their life. So you know exactly what you want. You already got a blueprint. You already got something like, okay, to get up, get make you get your ass up every day. Cause if you don't know what you want to do, it's like, all right, all right, we finna hit the clip. What's your purpose? What's your purpose? You know, so you got stuff you need to do. 
and somebody um hit you like, yeah, hey, we going out to the club tonight. You ain't got you don't know what you want to do with your life. You like, all right, I guess I'll go. But you you know exactly like this is how I'm gonna get to you. Like I can't do that tonight. I got stuff I uh need to be doing, what need to be working on. So just do, just knowing that part is a big part of it too. I think. I agree. And I, just just to piggyback off what you said, I think knowing who you are as a person is so freaking important. And, um, even, so I moved from north, I moved to northern Ohio, super rural areas, probably like 40,000 people for a job opportunity. Like during that time period, I had nothing to do but reflect, right? Develop. I was able to pay off all my debt, listen to all these books, <laughs> audio books. But I think I was able to be like, they're isolated and there were no distractions, right? So I think it's important for people to go through a period of isolation so they can figure out who they are. There is nothing anybody can tell me on this earth that I cannot do. Like, that's how confident I feel about what I want to do with my life and and where I'm going to go in my life. That's not one person that can tell me anything, right? So I think everybody needs to be secure within themselves when they're talking about their different business business ideas and what they want to do. People always say, how'd you get into real estate? How'd you start a business? How'd you put yourself out there? Like, I... I'm, the thing is, a lot of people are secretly afraid to make money. I, I can see the potential. <laughs> like people say, but I'm just saying like, it's a lot of people that want to be millionaires, but not a lot of people doing the work to get there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are truly afraid to put themselves out there. Even if they know, like people in the back of their head was like, I know this is a good idea. I know this is a profitable idea, but they're still, still afraid. I've mm-hmm. through those ropes. Like I'm not in that space or that period. So when you think about your family and things like that, like I didn't come from a family that invested in real estate or entrepreneurs. Like, again, they had that mentality, like you get a job, you work for so many years and, you know, that was going to be your life. That was success for them. But I'm just like, so like $85,000, $85,000 a year. So you make $100,000 a year. That's not still money I can buy a yacht with, right? I can't buy a private jet with that. So in my head, I'm like, am I living my best life? Like, is that really freedom for me? So it's all about figuring out where your mindset is. Like, no, it is. what do you want your life to look like? And like, people that know, <laughs> say, Annalisa was not created to live a basic life. Like, <laughs> something I need to be able to have it. Okay. No, I feel you. I feel you. No, that's that goes back to knowing exactly what you want. Like you said, just like some people afraid of winning, they're also afraid of losing. And that's mm-hmm. why they don't, they never, they never start. It's that a lot of people are. Yes, most people are afraid of failure. They, it's like the embarrassment. Like, okay, if this don't go right, this launch don't go right, this business is gonna go right. How are people gonna see me? Is they gonna be like, they gonna make fun of me? Gonna be disappointed? They gonna think I'm a failure? Because what people don't understand is just because something that you did f- fail doesn't make you a failure as a person. That this that thing is not true. Like if you start a business that failed. That's the business that failed. Move on to something else. Like, you know what I'm saying? That doesn't represent you as a person. It's just something that fails. Things fail all the damn time. Like, you're going to fail in life. Like, that's just part of the game. And once you learn how to just get over that, move on to something else. Like, mm-hmm. everybody failed. The richest people in the world, the biggest, most famous people in the world, they failed millions of times before they got to the level that you know them. At. It's just part of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to worry about um, to quit. They need to quit worrying about being judged by people who don't even got the confidence to do what you just did, exactly. even though you failed. <laughs> like, you worry exactly. about being judged by them. Right. <laughs> so, like, legit. Okay, so like, legit people that are listening, like, you got a really crazy. Like, if you got a business idea, never been an entrepreneur before, you gonna put yourself out there. I'm gonna go ahead and let you know right now. People gonna think you crazy. Off yep. the top. 
people gonna think you weird. They gonna be like, what you doing? I'm pretty sure the first time I got on live, people were like, I ain't never seen Annalise on live before. Like, what is going on? I'm confused. And like, you can't be afraid to put yourself out there because uh, secretly a lot of people are envious. And they want to be in your shoes and they wish they had that confidence. So you got to ask yourself, like, you need, be that person that you want to be. Put yourself exactly. Like that, I mean, the wor- what's the worst thing they can do? Because all I'm saying is like, I had an idea about elevated assist. I told maybe one person and I wasn't telling them for feedback. I was just making you aware. It is what I'm about, that's to, what I'm about to do. So, because I already didn't did the research. That's the thing about, that's the only difference between me and maybe other people who haven't done what I did is I execute. Like I don't wait for a proof, right? I'm not waiting for people to say, are you sure you want to do that? Or what about this? Or if this, because all people is asking ifs, what's, ain't never been in business before. And I don't take advice to people like that. Facts. It's just like, put, put yourself out there and, and just see what happens. Like, that's the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Be afraid. Like, just start. Yeah, just start. Mm-hmm. And if you're one of those people that um, get discouraged easily, I think you got to know not to tell so many people. Like, if you know this person telling me this is not a good idea, it's going to stop me from doing it. Just don't tell them. Just do it anyway. And then when you got things rolling, if you want to have that conversation with them, then you, I think, like we said, that goes back to knowing you got to know yourself throughout this whole journey because you don't want to go around. Cause like you said, a lot of people will be envious. So you don't want to go around telling everybody and they don't have the best well wishes for you. So sometimes it's best to just shut up, stay low and just work. And then when people mm-hmm. see it, they're going to be like, damn, I didn't even know that you, damn, you did when you start that. Like, it's, it's exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's I, that's probably one of the best ways to um to do stuff. Like just just stay just stay low. You ain't got to broadcast everything because then when you broadcast it and it don't don't go well for you, they gonna broadcast your failure for sure to you. They are gonna be like, oh, yeah, especially if, sure. especially if they're not a, a real fan of you, they gonna be like, yep. you try to do this, this didn't work. Now you moving on to something else, making fun of you and shit, and you might already have low confidence and you might be ruined by all this. Exactly, but can't nobody make me can can nobody make me feel bad about nope. attempting to make money like that don't make oh, hell no. <laughs> you know, like it'll be certain it'll be certain people that will say something about somebody about their job or something. How are you gonna make fun of somebody trying to make a living for themselves? Mm-hmm. Like, that's when the internet gets real weird when people. Yeah, start it does. Yeah, and that's you know my block game is super strong. So nah, block game gotta be man. And so the one thing I learned about the internet, social media. You gotta have thick skin. You gotta be able to let all that just fly off you. Like I don't even, I don't even respond to negativity no more. I just keep it moving. Like I remember when I, I remember when I first like when I first started getting the following, people would be, be talking, bad. <laughs> way, I used to be going at people next, crazy. Like, bro, who is this? Like, who is this talking to me, bro? Like, then after where I realized, like, you can't beat the internet. There's way too many people. It's always gonna be people like, especially yeah. when you're following, growing and growing. It's no way. So you just gotta like. You just got to ignore it or block you it. You can't, but I say this to my clients and I say this all the time. I'm going to let y'all know as a troll, if you want to write on a post, good comments and bad comments, it's all engagement. So yep. argue with yourself on my post, go for it. You are letting more people see my post and you are helping with the rhythm. So go off if you want to. I personally don't care, but at some point, once it's to where I want it to be, I'm going to go ahead and block you and remove you. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I appreciate the engagement. I appreciate the support. No. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So I got, um, you got any other questions, D? No, I don't have any more. Uh, so I, this, I got, um, I got one final question. I always like to uh, end the show off with this. Like, I like doing scenarios just for somebody that's listening to this 
who may not be in like the best situation or where they want to be right now. So you can just get them some like inspiration and stuff like that. So let's just say like somebody right now listen to this show, they in a um bad financial place, like mentally they're probably not in a bet because they in a, they they situation is messing them up. They don't feel confident and stuff like that. They got mm-hmm. things, they got moves they want to do, but they're not doing it because they low confidence. They scared to do it. Like, what's the piece of a best piece of advice Annalisa could give them to get them started and get them like motivated and get them going on this journey? Yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a whole plan of what you need to do. <laughs> it can be used by anybody. <laughs> the first thing you need to do if you are in the position to be able to do that is identify the environment that you are in. Is it feeding you in a negative space? Is it feeding you in a positive way? If it's feeding you in a negative space, figure out how you can eliminate those things, take those things out, remove those. How can you isolate yourself, right? Because that, how, how, what position you in, <laughs> what position you're in and where you are on a daily basis, that messes with your mental point blank period, right? What you wake up and see every day, that's going to have a lot to do with how you view yourself and how you view your future. So when we think about creating a strong mindset, right? I, when I graduated college, the first job that I got, I was making like $9 an hour, like $9 and 60 cents an hour, right? So, you know, I think people, when they see me online or they see me on podcasts and different stories, they just assume that, you know, it happened overnight when it different, when it didn't. I, again, I say all the time that I work a lot. I work a lot. But again, next year, they're going to see me on beaches. They're not going to be able to talk to me, like no DM access at all, okay? But my my advice to people is just like, it's time to change your mindset. Like, are you doing the same thing that you were doing last year? It didn't work, right? You're not where you want to be. So figure out how you can change that and write things down. Be intentional. I'm very intentional about the things I listen to. I'm intentional about the people I listen to with the people that I actually follow, even on social media. If you are following people on social media <clears throat> that are not feeding you from a positive perspective, you need to eliminate that from you because it's really training your mind to think of yourself a certain way and visualize what do you want your life to look like? The life that I live right, right now, I envision my life looking like that years prior, right? I didn't know what business I was going to have. I didn't know <clears throat> how many properties I would have from a real estate perspective, but I knew what my life was going to look like. So the first step is eliminate distractions, right? And that can be family too. I love my family, but you know, got to do what I got to do. So figure out how you can eliminate distractions if you can. And if you're in a position where you can't, right? Your family is all you have. Give your time an hour a day for your own quiet time to write down your goals and your thoughts and be intentional. Put them up on a wall. Look at them every day and then take the steps that you need to do to get there. It's so much free information on the internet. You have access to so many, so many different things, right? That's why I don't fault like people like my parents. They didn't have access to the information we have right now, right? So that's why I'm reteaching my parents how to invest in the soccer market, how to invest in real estate. But as a young person at this day and age, I don't want to hear any excuses, honestly, right? Every, everybody, everybody has a story. Nobody's life was perfect. So what are you going to do with the information that's been given to you on YouTube? You don't have internet, go to the library. Um, if you don't know how to navigate the internet, go read a book. If you can't read a book, there's audiobooks. Like at some point you got to give up on the excuses. So write down what you want your life to look like, visualize what you want that life to be, and then start putting in the work. I love it. I love. I said that better, and I just remember something while you were talking. This is my last question. I probably <laughs> so I know you're in real estate. So just describe for our listeners, like how you got into real estate and what was your first real estate deal. 
So um, when I was in college, maybe maybe my junior year in undergrad, um, I was living in a townhouse with my friends. And then like, you would only send one check to the landlord. So we would put all of our money together. Like, I think it was like maybe $1,500 a month for like a four bedroom townhouse. And um, we would send this one check and we would do it like every month. And I'm just like, so he owns the whole complex. And I was just doing the math in my head. I was just like, oh, he's making a lot of money. Like nobody ever introduced real estate to me. And then I was just thinking like, well, what if I owned a complex like this of some sort and still lived in it? Like that makes sense to me. And then I found out that was like house hacking. So again, I'm a Google person. I will research stuff until I find answers. So literally I just had an idea after, like I've been wanting to invest in real estate since college. So um, I started to research what house hacking was, what I needed, like how, how much money would I need to actually buy my first property? So uh, I've always been really, really good with money. Like if I got a refund check, it would go in my savings. Um, I was on scholarship for my uh, master's degree and my bachelor's degree. So, and I worked during school because time is money and life is expensive. So I had time. So I got me a job, even though I didn't necessarily need it, but I got scholarships. So the residual checks that I would get, <clears throat> which would be probably like $1,500 a year. And then I did like a research program, which is additional, like, $3,500 a year. So when I graduated college, I had a decent, um, I had five figures saved already. And I was, and I was already thinking that, okay, that's going to be the down payment on my house. Like that was how I was mentally thinking already. So once I moved to Cincinnati in or Ohio, I was like, oh my goodness, that's like multifamily units everywhere. I'm not, I don't want to rent again. So once I moved from Northern Ohio, that rural area that I was living to, to Cincinnati, Ohio, and my brother had already lived here, I was like, I don't want to rent. I know I want to buy sometime soon. So temporary sacrifice, I moved in with my brother and his now wife, and they have kids, and I do not. So I lived with them for like four months until I find, found something, and it was a lot. So I lived with them for about four months until I found something that I really, really liked. So I found a duplex that I fell in love with. It was already occupied. So I already had a tenant that was paying consistently. So I still currently house hack right now. And yeah, the goal is to definitely expand my property. Um, right now it's crazy. So we'll see. I would love to buy something before I move to Dallas, but we'll see. Um, I, I love it. And I think... <laughs> I think that's like the best way to get started in real estate personally is house hacking. So I love that story. You, you guys yes, think you want to say this? Yeah. No, I was going to say that's the best way to do it. If you yeah. get started, house hack. Yeah, I, so I love that. Well. Yeah, might as well. That's yeah, that's a great story right there. Uh, I yeah. think if people, yeah, if you don't have like kids, and, I mean, if you do have kids, you can still do it. But I just think it's easier when you have, because some mostly family units, you know, they only have a certain amount of bedrooms and things mm-hmm. like that. So like if you're in like places like Ohio where there's multifamily units where you don't have kids, I think it's, I always encourage people to do that, right? I have a lot of friends that are buying like single family homes right now and things like that. I was like, but you can invest in real estate too. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. And I, so, yeah, that was my um, final question. Do y'all have anything else that y'all want to go over that we get a chance to just in case we ain't missing nothing, forgetting nothing? No, but if anyone is interested in, you know, becoming a virtual assistant, as I mentioned here, like you don't necessarily need experience. You probably already have experience. We are still accepting people within our program. Um, so basically what you'll get with the program is a step-by-step guide on how to set up your business. We go over how to create a name for your business. Um, <clears throat> even go through role-playing, like even consultation calls. Cause a lot of people don't know how to navigate conversations and be on the phone with business owners. 
and try to pitch their brain or their business to them. So we go through that uh, contract template, email template to be able to reach out to potential clients. And then you also get access to job opportunities within my Slack group with other, with 400 other people who are like-minded and have virtual assistant um, businesses as well. So definitely a great opportunity. And yeah, I think that's it. That's amazing. That's that's amazing. And to wrap it up, that's all we have for you. And like, uh, wait, wait, before we let you go, plug in all your stuff with people, uh, follow yes. you on social media, uh, everything, everything you got going on, just plug it. Yes, yes. So follow me on social media, uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Just Annalisa. That's J-U-S-T-A-N-N-A-L-I-S-A. And that's the same on Instagram and Twitter. Those will probably be the best platforms to actually see what I have going on. I have regular webinars to teach people um, from a high level what it's like being a virtual assistant. Um, stay tuned. Financial Flex is coming back. We usually go on Instagram Live. I have been told and scolded that I need to make it a podcast. But people act like creating a podcast is easy, and it don't look so easy to me. So financial, right. <laughs> financial Flex is coming soon um, in a podcast format. And we have Elevated Assist has a lot of things in store for their current students. Um, as well as for the current clients. So we're still currently accepting clients. Um, you can click the link in my bio if you're interested in setting up a discovery call, but you can also follow Elevated Assist on Instagram and Twitter, as well as LinkedIn as well. That's amazing. Make sure y'all definitely tap in and uh, follow her on all platforms. So if y'all thinking about being a VA, y'all, be- y'all definitely better go talk to her. And, uh, and wrapping up, for those of y'all who don't know, y'all can find me and follow me on all platforms at Xavier C. Miller. And D, what's your info? You can find me on Twitter at Deanna S. Kent and Instagram is Deanna Kent and YouTube is Lessons in Life and Luxury. Yeah, make sure y'all touch, uh, check out that YouTube too. And that's all we got for y'all this episode of Men and Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Thank y'all for tuning in. Peace. Up Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires because I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations? Why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper. I've been chasing greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, we strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments. And sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier, y'all gonna talk about it. No, Deanna, speak that sh- that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag to your bank account. Need and account it. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.